everybody, welcome to Bite Me Podcast, episode 319. We got a full crew here today. Say hello, Dylan. Hello. That's a big number. I just get... That's what I think every time. It's really... Yeah, it's a big number. Big number. Every once in a while, like, someone will say, like, oh, you do a podcast? I'm like, yeah. We're like, Only 319 like, how, how long you been? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, how long have you been doing it for? I'm like... Six years. Long time? Yeah. Seven? Seven years? Six years? Yeah. I actually just got, like, a Facebook memory that, like, I've been on here for, I think it was three years now. No, it's got to be longer Two, than that, right? No, no. That was... sounds right-ish. Huh. I don't know. Time flies, man. It's all Time an illusion. Time flies. It's all an illusion. Colby's here, too. He just talked. Woo. You heard him. Uh, we're going to talk today about uh, some stuff we've been playing. Colby's uh, just replaying games he's already played before. <laughs> you know it. Uh, I am not playing games I've already played before, so that's good. Uh, let's see. But next week, maybe I will have. Is that foreshadowing? Mm-hmm. It's really dumb foreshadowing. That's a tease. It's a tease. Uh, we got news. We got uh, some some information about Game Pass that's kind of interesting. Uh, some information about Metroid Prime that's not as interesting and kind of a bummer. Uh, if you're into documentaries, I know a very, very, very long one you can watch. Uh, FIFA is getting some new licenses, which are very expensive but very good. Dylan's breathing loudly into a microphone. Did I? Um, <laughs> yes. I must have uh, Atari- gone right into it or something. <laughs> Super right into it. It's all good. Atari is doing things again. And God, I wish they would stop. Like, could like could someone buy Atari? Because they can only be worth like $4, right? right? And just shut them down. Like, just make them go away. Like, Atari can be something we can just remember as, as a game of the past that we used to enjoy. Anyway, Sony uh, and Activision Blizzard. Weird, weird stuff going on there. And um, I hope that you have an SSD, but I sure hope you don't have one of these SSDs. We'll just say that. We got questions from uh, our Deacon and Prime fan. We got some cheap free games. We got some Game Pass stuff. We've got new Nintendo Online stuff, which I guess is good news. Anyway, why don't we start with what we've been playing? Dylan is playing an obelisk. Big uh, tall one. I crossed the obelisk, um, which is, Ooh. I think, what you do when you uh, you slay the spire, I guess. Like, it's, nice. It's, I realized how much of those names are exactly the same. Like, it is across the obelisk and slay the spire, which is yeah. you exactly your goal in the game. Um, uh, yeah, I got like kind of close to the end a few times, and then I finally got to the boss, and then I beat him first try, um, nice. which was interesting. Um, I'm kind of glad I didn't have to like just get swamped in the last uh, battle and then have to cross the obelisk again. Um, <laughs> but it's a really solid game. Um, my kind of opinion, I don't know exactly what I had said the time before, um, cause I had only played it just a little bit. Um, but it definitely seemed, it's pretty similar to Slay the Spire, but with better production values just all around. Nice. Um, I think there's a little bit more going on in the game. Um, I really enjoyed deck building games, even like on tabletop and stuff. Uh, I play, I, there's a few that, that we play. Um, but I was, I was kind of thinking about how, like a tabletop deck building game and a and a uh, like a computer a CCG, I guess. I don't know what you would call it. 
just CCG is collectible card game, so it's yeah. not quite the same thing necessarily. Maybe it is. Anyway, uh, how they kind of differ and like what they do better or worse. Um, and I was kind of thinking like across the obelisk is really cool. Cause it has a lot of these like interactions, like there's different buffs and, and boons and debuffs, I guess. And so you might have like, you have frost and flame and electricity that like electricity can like at the start of your turn, it damages the people next to you where flame burns you and poison burns you at the poison does damage at the end of the turn. Bleeding does damage at the beginning of the turn. Frost slows you down. Electricity damages the people next to you and flame uh, does damage to you at the start of the turn or whatever. Sure. Um, and then like, you can also be wet. So if you're wet, you'll take more electric damage. And um, if you take fire damage while you're wet, it'll undo some of the wet damage as it turns into steam, right? Like, so it has a lot of these interactions, which That's a lot of things you cannot possibly compute these things. But what's cool about <laughs> like across the obelisk, for example, is it just shows you how much damage your attack will do if you do it, right? So you don't nice. have to do any of this, um, this calculation, um, but it's able to do all these computations for you and just kind of show you, oh, the, you'll, and like, so if you like hover over the card or whatever, and there's, you're fighting like four different enemies, it'll show you how much damage you would do to each one. Cause some will have different resistances, right? So you have all these permutations of, um, interactions and effects, which would just be absolutely impossible on tabletop. Um, yeah, yeah. on tabletop, you might have like, a defense stat like an armor stat which will like soak some damage before it goes to their hit points right and like that's probably about as much as you go um i think gloomhaven dabbles in this slightly with like how they have a uh, elemental effects in the room that wane from uh the turn they're out and over two turns they disappear right yeah uh, which is pretty yep. cool and that's pretty sophisticated for like a tabletop game um however like i was thinking about this and i was like part of me almost prefers that though um just because like there's just so much going on that it, it and i only talked about like the elemental damages because there's also like uh decay and like you can bless and you can do uh insanity points so there's like there's the whole there's elemental tiers there's physical stuff which is like poison bleed there's mystical which is like flame and electricity and then there's the mystical which is like um like the holy unholy spells so sure. it's kind of like a cleric versus a wizard versus a fighter right because you yeah. have those different classes um so there's a ton of these little buffs and debuffs, which is really cool actually for playing the game because there's so much stuff you can do, um, different uh, parties that you can and make, and maybe you want to do this guy's going to heal, or you can do holy damage, and this guy can do this and that. So it has a lot of flexibility, but at the end of the day, it it just seems like a lot, even though it didn't bother me when I'm playing the game, because again, the UI is very good. And sometimes you don't quite understand why I'm getting like so many card draws because you can't keep track of everything you're doing, other than I kind of know what my decks do for my characters. Um, but part of me does kind of like the simplicity of a tabletop deck building game just because... Yeah you don't really need all that to have the same sort of experience um 
So I don't know if it's necessary, but again, in a in a computer based game, like it's possible. So like, yeah. why not? Other than I think it, you, I think sometimes it's easier to exploit um, because I I've kind of figured out, and I think I kind of came to the same conclusion that like the meta players on the internet did because there's if your deck is only. It can be minimum 15 cards. And if you're familiar with card games, you know you want the fewest cards in your deck as possible. And this is true for, I think, any TCG card game, whatever, because it just maximizes the chance of your good hand, right? Yeah. Um, and any if a card is just not as good as your other card, you don't need the less good card. Um, but in across the obelisk, you have cards that vanish. So once you play them, they're out of your deck and they're gone. So if you have a 15 guard deck and you put 10 vanish cards in it, you only have five cards left in your deck. So you draw the same five cards every time, right? So you kind of mm-hmm. have this optimal hand, which is kind of cool in a way, except it's totally exploits the idea of the game. Um, Whereas this doesn't really hold true in most deck building games because they don't let you do this, I don't think. Um, I sure. At least I've never played a game that has this vanish mechanic or this vanish mechanic that uh, happens that frequently. Like Gloomhaven does have cards that um, vanish. However, in Gloomhaven, your deck is actually like your exhaustion. So when you eventually lose cards in your deck until you have no more, and if you do that, then your character is exhausted and you character is essentially dead unless you the rest of your party completes that mission or whatever um so sure. there's a downside to it whereas in across the obelisk you can really exploit that um and so i think that's kind of a balance issue because i i was able to find these ways where you could almost you could end up just looping card draw and armor stacking to like crazy amounts so and it wasn't particularly hard to do or or that hard of a combo to set up um and i didn't really do it on purpose either it just kind of happened um so i mean there's definitely downsides to this and i don't i don't know if i particularly like that i think you could you could just balance it in a different way um and it would feel slightly less exploity um the other thing I was thinking of, and I think this is a general gripe with with roguelites and rogue-adjacent games, um, is that you're never going to make it to the boss the first time you play through, and not just because you didn't build a good enough deck, but because there's other buffs that you put on your character, like you get perks and things, which I think is a sure. little lame in a way, because... I don't even know if you could actually beat the last boss on the first time you play the game, which in theory you should be able to do in a game like this, right? You should be able to get good enough cards into your deck and beat it the first time without needing to get health bonuses and things along the way. Um, Because that's just really, it's just saying the guy at the end is a big sack of hit points that you can't possibly beat until you're a bigger sack of hit points, right? Um, which is, I guess, a general gripe of some rogue e games, um, kind of like Dead Cells and things, where you can get stronger just the more you play through. Which I like. Sure. I like those improvements, but it does seem weird when it's kind of obviously like, oh, you just need to play the game more to beat it. It's not really necessarily how good of a deck you built, or how good of a player you are, or how much strategy involved. As much as if you get enough buffs, you'll win. Um, which I didn't feel that way exactly. Like, I didn't feel like the only reason I won. 
was because I got enough perks that I was better, but it, it definitely contributes to it. Like it definitely helps you. All your cards are better because now every time you put a bleed on, you put two bleed on, right? So it does seem to give you quite a bit of benefit that you didn't have on that first playthrough. Whereas like a game like dead cells is because it's a, it's a real time game where you're jumping around and things. So it's like, if I'm good enough and can dodge every attack, I can win the first time through because that's solely based on my skill. I'm personally not good enough to do it probably, but it's possible. Right. Whereas this game, I, I would be really surprised if someone could do a first run through and beat the last boss, yeah. even with, because you, you don't even have all the cards unlocked and things, and you don't even know what these cards are. So, um, of course, maybe if you were just really knowledgeable of the game, you might be able to figure it out if you went back and did it, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Um, not saying it's a bad game, though. It's a it's fantastic if you're into into deck building roguey games. I, I definitely think yeah. it's it's worth playing um and i i beat it with the first starting four characters there's like 16 characters to total so there's like 12 that you need to unlock as you play through the the little story so depending where you go on the map you can then unlock the other characters and i have unlocked a couple more characters and started playing with those ones and they play way differently which is really cool that they're if you really do like these kind of games there's plenty of game to play here uh, between the different characters and the different play styles, so you're getting a, really you're getting a lot out of it. If this is your cup of tea, um, now I have to try Monster Train because it was on sale for like five dollars. Um, <laughs> so I purchased it, of course. Um, so where are you playing this on Steam? Um, so and Monster Train was on sale on Steam. I don't know if they're available on other things. I assume they are. Yeah. Um, Monster Train is. I know yeah, that much. So. I assume they are like, um, I think I remember someone saying across the obelisk was on other stuff too. So, um, I don't know off the top of my head, but very cool. Very, very cool. What what are you even playing call? Uh, I finally beat, uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, yeah, it's a really, like, like I said, I hadn't played a Assassin's Creed game in since the first Assassin's Creed. And a lot has changed, and by a lot, I mean it's mostly better. Um, a lot, I mean, I guess the thing is, most people probably have played more than one Assassin's <laughs> Creed game, so if you nah. haven't, what I'm saying is, you probably should, because they've gotten way better <laughs> in 15, or probably 17 years. <laughs> so I think I played it in like 2006? Yeah, yeah. But, uh... There, uh, it was really good. Um, put like 80, someone 80 hours into it and, nice. uh, very much enjoyed it. Uh, then I started playing, uh, bec- like I looked and I'm like, I've only put 318 hours into Red Dead. I should really put more into it. I agree. And so I restarted Red Dead. <laughs> um, I'm on, uh, chapter two, just, Rooting, tooting, and shooting. Um, so you restarted it. Yeah, yeah. Because like, last time you played it, you didn't finish it, right? No, nope. 
So you just restarted it. I think I literally only made it to the second chapter, but put like 80 hours into it. That's crazy. Makes sense, I might I have made it to the third chapter, but I don't know. If I did, I didn't make it far in. Yeah. Huh. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, it's... It, at least you have, you know, I will admit, though, like it went on sale, like Epic's having a sale right now. You and I, it. I almost bought it on PC, though, because I, kind of, wow. I was kind of curious, like, if I could mod it or do some other interesting things on it. So I did yeah. not buy it, though. I really thought about it, though. You should have. It's, yeah. uh, it's a good game. Yeah, I just need to wait, like, long enough. Uh, like, so I forget all of it. Like, that's absolutely my game. If I could just, like, pull one game out of my brain and, and like, not know what happened, it would probably be that. Because I remember the ending, but I don't really remember much else at this point. Anything in the middle. So it'd probably yeah. still be worth it to, like, you'd probably still get a lot out of it to play it again. Yeah, but it's that's such a good game. You kind of know the I ending was... anyway. You can kind of just, yeah. you know it's coming at some point, I guess. But I uh, Not if you don't get past chapter, like, three. So. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, you have to play far enough in, but. Once you get uh, to that point, I think you kind of know what's coming. My my Arthur, when I left him, was healthy and he was doing good. <laughs> uh, I was watching uh, The Last of Us TV show and part of it in the last episode, I'm like, oh, I had completely forgot about those characters in mm-hmm. that uh, game. Yeah, that's I forgot about them. I don't remember any of that game other than kind of like the plot. Like I remember, like the first and like when they're in like kind of the like snowy Colorado area, yeah. or Wyoming, and then the ending, and that's about it. Yeah. So, so it's interesting. Um, yeah, Such just like game. the whole like sniper thing. Like I completely forgot. I'm like, oh yeah, I I hundred percent remember that being in the game. I the one part I can remember is that the one where you like go to that ladies like kind of like house kind of out in the marsh and like have to defend it from like a raid in the game are we in talking red about red, oh, okay red dead yeah. <laughs> like i don't remember that at all I, I haven't played, i remember i haven't that, played the yeah. last of us really so that's all i can bring to the table oh yeah the the what is her name it's the, like black something yeah uh yeah uh, uh like one of the people you have to go take pictures of yeah um then uh i started playing outer wilds with my wife of course Um, oh that's a that's a good idea yeah because she's like i don't have to play this do i i'm like no no not at all it's like good because i wouldn't know how to uh i'm like you just basically just kind of have to watch and i don't know maybe slightly help and uh so uh i've been doing that and outer wilds is really good i think i'm gonna buy the the uh, DLC, because I've never played the DLC, and yeah. from what I've read, you kind of like it's probably best to do it while you're playing yeah. rather than like waiting to the end. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it's it's still really fun, and I still really enjoy that game. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. Well, you playing anything else? Nope. Those those are it. That, that's that's it. <laughs> uh, I am still playing Cyberpunk. Um, Woo. Yeah, man, like, I I don't even know how how far I'm into that game. I'm just so, just, like, living in that world. It, it's really good. I, I, I'm really surprised at how much I enjoy 
the story. I enjoy like all the side quests are really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a lot of filler in that game, to be honest. Like it's it just seems real solid. Um, I, you know, one thing I really appreciate it about that game too is that. It's not that it's not fun, like driving all over in GTA. Like it's, it's not bad, but like sometimes, like I don't want to do those ones. Like it, when you have to go from like Michael's house, like all the way up to where Trevor lives, like that's like a ten minute drive. Um, and it, I mean, it's fine, but having just fast travel spots all over the place that you don't have to unlock, that you can just like hit and are there is really, really, really nice. I really like how you don't have to drive all over if you don't want to. Um, I mean, like, and I think the driving's good in that game. It's as good as it is, I guess, in, in GTA probably. But I don't know. It's it's really nice that I don't have to when I don't want to. Um, yeah. You know, I will say, so when you guys played it, did you do much crafting I don't think so. I don't think I did any crafting, <laughs> I don't think I did actually. any, because I generally don't like crafting in games. And I just think it's really funny that I think I'm I'm at least halfway through the game, at least. And crafting's an option. Like, you have a crafting menu. Um, you get crafting things. Like, there, yeah. there are components you picked up for crafting. But the game never says, like, hey, do you want to know how crafting works? It <laughs> never mentions it. So... I just haven't, and I don't it's know if that's a thing good or bad. Can do. I, I never crafted. I might have done like a gun, but yeah, that is, I do not remember it. It's super weird to me. I like. I'll be honest too. I don't hack a lot in it. Did you guys do a lot of like hacking? Yes, uh, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I hack like security cameras. That's about it. Like, stop looking at me, security camera. But, but I don't really hack like other players. I don't like hack things to distract people. I'm just like, I don't know. I'm not very good at the stealth. It's it's fine. I'm getting better at the stealth, though. Like, I'm not great at it, but I'm getting better at it. Good on you, Cliff. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can improve. Like, not a lot, but a little bit. So, yeah, Cyberpunk, it's great. It's really all there is to it. You should play it. I mean, I think if you like first person, I do I, wish it was I, third I, person. I, I wish always it was said third that person. if you liked Fallout, that you'd probably like Cyberpunk. Yeah, I can. It I can reminded see. me a ton of just like a cyberpunk Fallout. I think Fallout has more exploration than than cyberpunk oh, yeah, does. Definitely, yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I would say if you like, if you like any of those kind of like Far Cry, to me, almost seems like a better, like a better comparison because you do a lot yeah. of like. Kind of open worldy doing stuff, a lot of side quests, but then like when you get to the bases, there's a lot of sneaking. Um, so, but I, yeah, I would say if you like any of those kind of first person, you know, story driven games with kind of like light RPG elements, yeah. like I'll be honest, like I could use less. I know this is like unpopular opinion, but I really, really wish maybe it isn't an unpopular opinion. I don't know. I really wish you could just say at the first of the game, like, I want to build a character that does this and then never have to worry about points. Right. I don't. Because there's, that's what I was just going to say is the, I don't think you realize how many options there are. Like, way too many. Because, like, it depends too. Like, I was talking to my friend the other day who's played it more recently and he's like, 
he really likes like the gorilla arms for example and it's like you could play the whole game and never use like because i mostly use guns like i didn't do a lot of melee i can't remember i might have punched someone i might have had gorilla arms attached that i used occasionally or something but then there's like the mantis blades and there's all kinds of different things that you can kit your character to do that thing but i was mostly spec to use pistols i think um i just had a big fat pistol that i was like pow 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 blah 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 and like that's kind of how i played it but the way you can dig in like an rpg and actually tool your character to do completely different things is really cool but at the same time yeah it's like sometimes you just want to tell a game like i want to play this kind of character and it's like okay um in in like every rpg i want to say i want to be a like dual wielding tough guy most of the time maybe like a like a dual wielding like rogue and in every action game i would just want to have like a shotgun and a machine gun and be tough like i don't i'm not gonna do hacking i'm not gonna do sneaking i'm not gonna do any of that shit i just i wish that i could just say like you know each game comes with like six predefined builds and i choose that one and it just like i never even see my skill points because every time i go into my menu it's like Oh, hey, you've got like five skill points and 12 action points. I'm like, I guess I could spend those, maybe. Um, but instead, what I find myself doing is just like playing the game until I get to a point where they're like, hey, you need 10 strength in order to open that door. I'm like, opening that door would be handy. I guess I'll put another two things into strength, you know? And it's like, I just, I can't be bothered. Um, I just really don't care. I wish the game just did it for me. So, eh, whatever. Uh, let's see. Patreon. Those are the fine people who fund this podcast. You can be one of them by going to patreon.com slash bite me podcast. If uh, while you're there, you decide to do the $10 producer level, then uh, we'll say your name every episode like I'm going to do right now. Big shout out to Alan Schulte, Joe Cole Jr., Anonymous, and Rich Deacon. Thank you for supporting the podcast and uh, all the rest of our fabulous patrons. Appreciate you too. Go to patreon.com slash, it's a big slash, bite me podcast. Big slash. Big slash, like, like, like guitarist for Guns N' Roses slash. That's the kind of Ooh. slash we're talking about. Yeah. Lots of hair, big hat. Anyway. Dylan, help me out here. News. <sighs> News. So buried. Like, do you ever feel bad for the people whose job it is to, like, read court cases to try? Like, not not like people who work for the court. Like, not if you're a judge or if you're, you know, something that matters. But, like, like news people who had to read the 277 page report that Microsoft submitted to like the UK competitions and market authority in order to try and get, uh, you know, them to agree to let Microsoft buy blizzard. Like do you ever feel bad for someone whose job it is to read 277 pages of probably the most boring bullshit you could possibly imagine. That's what interns are for. Yeah, that's probably true. Like just some poor schlub who just goes through and highlights shit. Yeah, it's got to be a real bummer. Anyway, uh, they found that in one of those pages, a short paragraph that reveals Microsoft has actually submitted an internal analysis to the government body that showed a redacted percent. So there is no there is no percentage. So you just have to make up a number. It could be anywhere between zero and a hundred. It probably probably between one and ninety nine. Actually, a, a an X percent decline in game base sales twelve months following their addition on Game Pass. So if a game comes out on Game Pass, you'll be shocked to find out it does not sell as well as if 
it didn't come out on Game Pass, which... So you're telling me that people play games on Game Pass and then they don't purchase them? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of kind of kind of weird. Um but the only thing that makes it not weird is that in 2018 Phil Spencer actually said the opposite. <laughs> is that huh. putting games on Game Pass actually helped them in sales. And I guess like when you think about it like so hey, I got a game on Game Pass, my buddy wants to play it with me, he doesn't have Game Pass so he buys it. Or yeah. I got this game for free on Game Pass and I buy a bunch of DLC or I buy expansions or I buy the next one because, you know, Mm -hmm. I played it on Game Pass, you know. So I I would guess that the actual reality is somewhere kind of in the... (laughs) Ow! My dog just bit my toe. Um... Well, I don't know how what his feelings on Game Pass yeah. are, I'll be honest. Well, what do they mean by increases sales? Because so it, it actually says... Is that more detailed when he said that? Let's see. Because that's, um, that's a pretty vague... If that's, if that's the quote, that's pretty vague. Because it's like, yeah, Game Pass could increase sales, but not necessarily the sales of a particular game on Game Pass, right? Yeah, let's see. So I'm, I'm looking back into the past. Um... Spencer says the reason is because Game Pass players effectively function as word-of-mouth advertising for a game, prompting those without Game Pass to buy it. She sure. says when you buy a game, when you put a game like Forza Horizon 4 on Game Pass, you instantly have more players of the game, which is actually leading to more sales of the game, he said. Some people have questioned that, but when you see, when you when State of Decay 2 launched, you saw, if you're looking in the U.S. at the MPD, you saw this game selling really well the month it launched on Game Pass. And you may say, well, isn't everyone going to subscribe for $10 to go play this thing? But no, gamers find things to play based on what everyone else is playing. What's number one on Mixer? <laughs> Mixer. This What's is number dated. one on Twitch? <laughs> What's my friend list saying? What are people saying on Discord? They go everywhere to see. When these games hit something like Game Pass with all these players, it instantly raises the awareness. And that actually makes sense to right. me is that, you know, you go on Twitch and you see someone streaming something, you buy it. Um, they, they recently said... X- uh, Xbox Game Pass offers gamers and game creators more choice and opportunity in how they discover experience and deliver games. For gamers, that means providing another op- for sh- option for them to discover games and play with friends at a great value. For developers, that means creating another option for how they monetize their games. We're focusing on helping game creators of all sizes maximize the total financial value they receive from Game Pass. Each game is unique, so we work closely with creators to build a custom program to reflect what they need, ensure they are compensated financially for their participation in the service, and allow room for creativity and innovation. As a result, the number of developers interested in working with Game Pass continues to grow. So I, I think that's like, so I actually read a quote today by Mike Rose, um, who, oh man, he's head of, shoot, I do not remember the the robots with something, something with robots, publisher. They, they are the developers of um, Descenders, that like downhill mm-hmm. mountain biking game. Um, but they also are a publisher. They published like, um, Oh, that recent zoo game where you can like breed animals together. Um, and I think they actually published Soccer Story as well. Um, but like, he's like, every single developer we work with, we try and get them on Game Pass because it just works. Like, you put a game on Game Pass, people play it. And as a developer, like, that's the most important part. So, you know, like, yeah, it probably does lower sales for some things or make sales different for some things. But, you know, if you're a small developer and you're building something weird, like Game Pass is probably the only way you're going to make money. What was that? What, what did we play recently called that they said that that was like the only way? Oh, it was Obsidian. Wasn't it Pentiment? 
Pentiment. Yeah, they're like, no one's going to fund Pentiment. No one's going to buy that game for $30. But it's a really fun game. Like, I, it was probably, it would have been my, probably one of my top two or three games of last year if I'd actually finished it in, in 2022. So, fantastic. So, I don't know. Like, I mean, well, increase sales and cannibalize sales could both be true at the same time. Be true. Right? Right. Yeah, both exactly. of those things can be true. So, just because it does, like, I think if you made that statement, like it's kind of like a duh statement it cannibalizes sales because yeah. like yes it does cannibalize some of the sales however it could still be a net benefit right um i kind of wonder too in 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 a world where i like forsaken that game that just came out like and granted like that game did not did not sell well did not review well like people are very down on forsaken um and i heard it's not great but uh, like it's already selling for like twenty bucks or twenty five dollars. It was a sixty seventy dollar game that came out like three weeks ago. <laughs> so like you know for every you know Breath of the Wild that for some reason is still selling for fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, how many AAA games have you picked up for half price or twenty dollars? Yeah. Three months later, five months later. So. Right. How much of a you know how much of a difference does Game Pass make where people are often still playing games and discovering new games years later on Game Pass? Like I don't know how many times Colby said, "Oh, you should go try X." I'm like, I don't know what that is. He's like, "Oh, it came out in Game Pass like last September." You know, right? Um, we well, even like, so, and then you ignore me, and then I ignore him. That's even, not true. I almost always do it. I was talking about one of my friends uh, the other week where. Um, he was like the guy that only played Assassin's Creed and like NBA yeah. 2K or whatever. But it's now he's kind of got into to other games a little bit. But he like, I think he has Game Pass. But he's also like because of like cloud gaming, he'll just like fire up a game and try it for a few minutes. Yep. And he's like, well, this one's not for me. But he played it. Like, yep. so it's like it, that does make a huge difference with like discovery yep. of games, right? Um, and it's games I might never have played, but if yep. one of those was really fun, like I might end up playing it because of that situation, which he was had the access to the game because it was on Game Pass and he could literally play it in an instant because he doesn't even have to download it, right? Because yep. it uh, so that I mean it definitely there's something very beneficial to that, whether or not yeah you might lose a couple of sales here and there. So yeah, I to me like people that are like. I mean, it's just like any streaming thing. It's, you know, or any whatever. Like, people that are, are not into it, I'm always just so shocked. Like, it's such a... I mean, it has changed absolutely both the way I buy games and the way I play games. Mm-hmm. It's 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 just so, so much a thing. So, anyway. Uh, next up, Metroid Prime, which, uh, if you've not played it, they just re-released it. Um, I guess maybe if you haven't played the first one or if you haven't heard about the re-release, it's supposed to be really, really, really good. Um, kind of some of the like kind of mild controversy out right now is that uh, they remastered the game, which you know it. I think it's a. I'm trying to remember if Metroid Prime is a remaster or a remake. I do not. I think re- it's a remake. I think it's a remake. But regardless, like it is still obviously very heavily um, based on the original, and they didn't credit any of the original developers on that. So, like, literally at the end, there's just a thing that says, based on the work of Metroid Prime, original Nintendo GameCube, and Wii version development staff. Um, 
Which seems like kind of a bummer. Yeah, like a lot of those people put, you know, like some of the codes redone. Obviously, the graphics, you know, have been redone, but they're essentially entirely based on, you know, the original. It's very, it would be very much like covering a song and then just like, I don't know, those other guys did it at some point, you know, like you're, you know, maybe, maybe yours is a little bit different, but it's still very, very based on the original. And I mean, it's a bummer just because like the game industry has a real problem with credit anyway. Um, on top of you know when they just willfully choose not to, so kind of, kind of, kind of shitty. But yeah, you know, I wonder because like I, if it's a remaster, yeah, it's like they need to be credited. If it was just like, yeah. oh, they adapted this into a new like a game, it, but it's yeah, and it's like okay, maybe that's I get it. Like yeah, credit to that team, kind of like. It is called but Metroid Prime Remastered. If it's remastered, like that does seem a little, yeah, shady. Little bummer. I guess a little bummer. It's it's mostly just a like it's it's too bad because a lot of those people are still going to be in the industry. I mean, that game's only twenty years old, right? So. And ultimately, it, it's that game. Like it's yeah, it's yeah, yeah. They, and they remastered it. Like the credits are the same and expanded, right? Like yep, it's it's yeah, not it just doesn't different. seem like. I think the thing is, is like credits, like, I'm not going to say credits are free, but like (laughs) pretty much, yeah, (laughs) you know, there's no reason you can't copy and paste and put that at the scroll at the end. It's a a little longer text file, you know, so just a bummer, just a bummer. Uh, I guess I just make them very long. And and if you need something to watch, like I'm watching, I'm watching Get Back right now, the Beatles documentary, um, Mm -hmm. and I did not realize how long that is. Like that is really long it's like six or seven hours oh really? um yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's really long it's good though in a in a really weird sort of way um it's it, it's interesting because you look at you look at the beatles and you realize that when the beatles broke up like most of them were under 30 i think oh, i think yeah. like george harrison was the oldest beetle he was like 31 and you're like that's insanity and then you see him in the studio and they're this is like a couple of years before they broke up. Two years, I think it's sixty nine, so two years before they broke up, and they are literally just like a bunch of twenty seven year old oh, nerds, like screwing sure. around in a studio, like blowing through money, like no one cares because, like at one point in time, the 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 producers like, hey, so you know, guys are spending like two pence for every foot of of you know tape that you guys use. To record, you know, you screwing around in the studio, and they're like, "Ah, eh, we're on EMI. EMI is paying for it, right?" <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but it's just interesting, like how how unserious they take it, and it's also very interesting, like how mean they are to George Harrison and Ringo. Oh yeah. Um, like I just shocked at how <laughs> I got a song about an octopus. So if you've never seen Dewey Cox, like you should, and that's a line from it, and it's hilarious because in that that show. Like literally, Ringo Starr is talking to George Harrison before Paul and and John Lennon get there, and he's like, "So, have you heard the song about the octopus?" And <laughs> and and George Harrison's like, "No," and and uh, Ringo starts like tapping out like the one chord on the piano he knows and sings the first and second line of it, and then like a third and fourth line that aren't the ones from the song, and goes like, "What's about all I've got so far?" And then George Harrison comes over and he's like, oh, like, let's let's workshop this and like starts playing all these cool chords. He's like, well, you could do this and this and this and like resolve it. And like, it'd be really cool. And Ringo's like, 
what was that chord again? And plays like the one chord he knows. And it's very, very obvious that he is a drummer and does not actually play the piano. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it's a good, it's really good. But if you want something a little longer than that and are into Psychonauts 2, uh, Double Fine just released a 32-part, 20-plus-hour documentary on the development of Psychonauts 2 on YouTube. So if you... Like, that game was good, but I don't know if I spent 20 hours playing it, let alone... (laughs) I don't know. I might, like, just kick it on while I'm working and seeing what it's all about, but, like, that is a very long documentary. It's going to be the most fascinating thing you've ever seen. Right? Um... Apparently, the Broken Age documentary. So, Broken Age was a like a point and click adventure game that Double Fine made a number of years ago. They did the same thing with that, and apparently, it was really, really, really good. Um, but they say they it was six years and thousands of hours of footage that <laughs> they cut down to like a twenty something hour documentary. So, if that's your thing, I mean, Psychonauts Two is really good. It could be a really interesting kind of glimpse into game development so so check that out uh ea sports as you like so i'm not gonna i don't want to bury this too too much so ea sports is is not doing fifa anymore right fifa pulled their license because fifa wanted a billion dollars for the fifa license um so they're they've been negotiating with individual um, leagues in order to be able to continue to use those leagues, players and names and so on and so forth. And they're they're negotiating with the uh, EPL right now, the English Premier League. If you don't watch soccer, um, they're like the top flight league in England and probably kind of, when you think of soccer, they're kind of the teams you think about. You know, the Liverpools and the Manchesters and the Manchester Uniteds, that kind of stuff. QPR. QPR. <laughs> I think, didn't didn't they get relegated? Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Queens Park Rangers, um, but you know Arsenal, those kind of those kind of cities or those kind of uh, well cities and soccer players, and so they're they're negotiating, and the deal is uh, at about a half a billion pounds right now, four hundred eighty eight million pounds, um, which I'm like, wow, that's a lot of money, but like you know you kind of have to have those teams in order to probably be like a a soccer game that people take seriously. But what's crazy is is FIFA makes $80 million a year, um, yep. which is a lot of money. Like, that's a lot of money. Uh, and it's it's apparently, like, part of it is sales, but most of it is, uh, like, loot boxes, essentially. So crazy to me that, that it makes that much. But the good news is it looks like they're really close to closing a deal, so you'll be able to continue to play as... I can't think of a player that plays in the EPL right now. Anyway. Um, yeah, I don't know. Liverpool. You'll be able to play as Liverpool. You'll be able to, Is that a person? You'll never walk alone. That's what I'm saying. Um, let's see. Nintendo has revealed that... What's their new Zelda game? Tears, Tears of the Kingdom, or potentially, or Tears of the Kingdom? It's probably Tears. Awful. Uh, probably Tears. Probably Tears. Awful. Is uh is going to be a seventy dollar game? So they're they're jumping into the the seventy dollar arena, um, but apparently only for some games. So, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> no, 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 no they always some say? games. Only some games will be seventy dollars. They're just going to stay seventy dollars forever. Yeah. <laughs> like only some games will be seventy dollars. Just you know, all the ones we create. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I didn't really realize this reminded me of. I can't remember even what game it was, but I, 
the way and I might have kind of not interpreted it as correctly, but Xbox moving into this the is it a Series X now, is that what it is? I think and, so. And the way they kind of pitch it is, oh, you can play the games on Xbox, right? Yeah. But there's definitely games you can only play on the Series X. Yeah, um, definitely starting to and it's, more and more. It's more time. and more too, which is like yeah. I was like I was like, well, can't play this game anymore. Like yeah. I had that realization the other day and I was like, well, that's kind of lame. Um yeah. probably not getting a Series X. So, um I don't know. It's It's it, it I don't know. It kind of it almost felt like they kind of uh what's the word like a little bait and switchy i guess on yeah. that one um just because it was like oh you can play and it's like but not really we're just gonna slowly roll it out so it doesn't feel as bad um yeah. so i don't know and um, i mean i think the real bonus is like all of your games that you had are, are forward right which is nice right um, it doesn't really but it it probably would have it would bother me less if they just made a new generation and said your games are backwards compatible but the new games can only play on this like i would yeah. feel less bad because it wasn't as like eh, you can kind of yeah, you will see like because yeah, yeah. it, it set up something to be um i don't know like something it set up a moment for you to feel bad later instead of just doing the feels bad now i guess yeah i mean i guess on the flip side like know. that the Series X was released, what, like, I'm trying to remember, two two years ago, two and a half years ago at this point, right? Right. I know it's been a while and you still it's, can't get them, so It's whatever. been a while, yeah. Yeah. And, like, they maintained that, that forward, they maintained that forward right. compatibility for, I mean... A long time, yeah. Quite like, a I while, mean, really, yeah. There are there are a handful of games that don't work at all now. Like they are right. they are Series X only releases, right? Um, but it's not huge. Like, yeah, I don't think it's know, I don't think it's a lot of games, but yeah, obviously they're going to work run worse on on older systems. I guess but, also uh, why it, why it also irritated me, and I'm remembering this now because um, this was a, a few weeks ago, or whatever. Um, yeah. The games say optimized for Series X. Yeah. Which sounds like this will play best on Series X, not this is only on Series X. So again, I it's kind of... It's, I don't think that's true, though. I think it says optimized for it will run on the old ones. I no, think there's a different no, brand. I clicked, I, tried it, I clicked on it and it said this will not work on your system. Really? Yeah. A lot of those yeah. actually have two releases. Right. So like you'll you'll get one that is yeah. for the series S and X or for the Series X and what's the the uh, S. Yeah. yeah. And then they also have other ones yeah. that are But in this case there was no al- there was no alternative. This was the only yeah. and it said optimized for series X, which it's which just, game? I can't remember. It was quite misleading though, because you're like optimized because that's not that's not a, um, that's not a indicator. Like it sounds like plays best on the Series X, which is kind of how they had commercials running too. Like 
oh, this game's going to look really good on Series X is kind of how they said it. But it was like, oh, but you can still play it on the other thing. I'll have to look. Um, the only game I know that hasn't actually had a release um, for older systems is Callisto Protocol. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the Every other was... one is is uh, been released for all the systems. Interesting. Uh that is interesting, though. I, I'm really surprised. We were talking about Nintendo, right? Yeah. I Someone mentioned the other day that this, as of March like 15th, this will be the seventh year that Nintendo Switch games will have been on, or Nintendo Switches will have been on sale. It's six years old, but it was, it was released on like March 15th, 2017. So six-year-old console technically going to its seventh year. And we still have not heard anything about new new Switch hardware, which is crazy to me at this point. So, I think that, I mean, I would guess now it used to be that you're getting five-year uh, kind of yeah. things for things. I'm guessing now it is 10-year. I, I really think the Switch is going to have a hard time hanging on for another three years. I think it is. T- I think that's going to be the problem with Switch is that it was underpowered, underpowered it, to begin yeah. with. And so you're going to. But I mean, also, if it can run, if it can Tears run, you know, wild. this new one, yeah. it'll be just fine. Yeah. It just really seems to me like that they probably need to release one this year. Like maybe, maybe early I next mean, year. It, it became the third best-selling console of all time. Yeah, so people still buying them. Uh, maybe well, I mean, they don't. It's so smart the way they release those two. With you, you know, you release the the initial one, you release the mini, you release the OLED. Like, I wonder how many people have mm-hmm. bought all three of those. You know, I got to think a lot of people have. I mean, you have you have you've bought three total, haven't you, Dylan? Uh, an original and then two minis. Yeah, we have three in our house. Yeah. I mean, I've bought two, but I lost one, so that yeah. doesn't really count. Uh, I thought about getting an OLED, but I just don't play it. And I play my flight more than the actual uh, full console. So I, I really, really, really wish when it was kind of a deal, like right when the OLEDs came out, right. where you could trade in your old one and get an OLED for like a hundred bucks. And I was yeah, like, oh, man, do I pay? Do I play it a hundred bucks worth? And the answer is no. But man, those OLED screens are beautiful. Every time I see one of those, I'm like, ugh. But, oh, well. Uh, Speaking of, I don't know, Atari. Speaking of Atari. So, Atari's 50th anniversary is coming up. So, I guess Atari must have started in, it doesn't really seem, 73? I guess that's probably right-ish. And as part of that, they're releasing a limited edition box set, I guess. And it includes... 10 actual physical Atari cartridges that will work in a physical Atari um, if you have one, or probably that new, probably the VCS if you bought one of those. Oh, apparently, let's see. So you get the original and then a digital copy that can be played on on the VCS. Um, and they all have new artwork and they have new logos and all that stuff. But also Atari's like, hey, but keep in mind, these things are like... They're like pre-production, so they could look entirely different. That's a thousand dollars, and they're only making a hundred of them. But it's weird because it's like, is this even a collector's item? Right, like it is because they made it that way. But it's right. like 
old video games are collector's items because they're old video games, right? So it's like to make weird re reprints like this is, I, I don't I know. The, it's just like weird. I, I guess the thing is that I, first of all, don't believe that Atari actually has the whatever to actually finish this at this point. Like also there's a point. real part of me that really feels like this could be easily one of those things where they're like, Oh, Hey, sorry, this Just got delayed kidding. Refund. forever. Yeah. Um, but also like, I mean, it looks neat, but it doesn't look worth a thousand dollars. Um, no, not like any. maybe, maybe 200, maybe, Maybe. I mean, yeah, you're getting ten. Like, would it be cooler if you could just get like your favorite game for like a hundred bucks? Right, but but also like ten games know. you probably can't play. Right, you're not. You actually, you're not, or you're not going to going to play, regardless yeah, I, of if you can or not. It just seems like Atari's entire stick lately is. Oh my god, it sold out though. So I guess whatever. Well, they. Um, what happens? You make a hundred. It'll be only sell a hundred of them. Yeah, yeah. someone's gonna buy you those. Know. I mean, people are like, going to scalp those, I mean. Yeah, it, it just seems like Atari's entire thing, instead of, like, actually doing something cool, is trying to just continually trade on a past that is, at this point in time, 40 or 50 years old. Um, I don't know. I just, they, they constantly kind of leave a bad taste in my mouth. Every time I hear anything about Atari, I just kind of go, bleh. But I'm still holding out for that hotel, though. Do you remember the Atari hotel? <laughs> I, wonder I, what ha I wonder what happened with that. Um, but, you know, whatever. Uh, Activision, Blizzard. You may have heard that there's some things going on with them and Microsoft wanting to be purchased. Uh, Bobby Kotick, who, as we know, is a complete piece of shit. But that's fine. He still is president, so he still says things. Uh, I guess CEO. Um, he, he actually really believes that once they explain to regulators how video games work, that they're just going to go, oh, shoot, are bad. Um, which I guess is maybe possible. He keeps bringing up The Last of Us and how, like, if Sony wants to make new video games, they have all the IP in the world. Why do they care about Call of Duty? Which probably a, a vaguely legit stance, but whatever. Um, but he said the interesting thing is, is uh, Sony's not calling him back right now. Like, you would expect that Sony would be working with, you know, if, if Call of Duty is so important to them, why are they not talking to them about what the next Call of Duty is? Like, why aren't we making plans for how the Call of Duty is going to release on sure. the PlayStation? How is this, you know, happening? He says that, uh, like, quote, Sony's not on the phone to us. In fact, they're not returning our phone calls, he said. And so I think one of the things that's surprising to us, this is the time where ordinarily we'd be talking about the future and new opportunities together for their for partnerships. And they just haven't been returning our phone calls. So I don't know what that were as valuable as maybe they've represented to the regulators we are. And I think that's a, mm. an interesting point. So I don't know. We'll see. I continue to be optimistic, I suppose about, about that acquisition. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, if you have a internal SSD drive, but like one of the, what do they call the stick ones? Not the ones that look like little teeny hard drives, but the ones that M2? look like two. Yeah, there you go. Like one of those M2 drives. Thank you. Is this um, and you have. I guess it looks. I can't remember what mine looks like. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, since I this is what. Th that's what they're. You're, you're right. Okay. So if you have a, a Samsung 980 or a Samsung 990, apparently they are PCIe 4 SSDs. So maybe not M2 specifically, but they look like those. Like if you're one that. of those. Yeah, if you have one of those RAM chip looking hard drives. Um, if you have either of those. Um, 
apparently there's a real bad problem with their firmware and your computer has just been tearing that hard drive to pieces um, to the point of where it may not work anymore, um, which is bad. Um, That's bad. Because that sounds bad. <laughs> it sounds real bad. So, uh, you know, this is just kind of a word of warning. Um, if you have one of those, you might want to go double check, see how it's going. There is a new fir- firmware that you definitely are going to want to install, but uh, it's... Uh, it might be might be too late, so that's something to kind of kind of check out. So it's it's the uh, the Samsung nine nineties and nine uh, eighties. So check that out. I was very happy to find out that I have a Samsung nine seventy, so I'm fine. Anyway, that is the news, Dylan. That's the news. Now it's time for questions. <laughs> she wished it had been like. Now we're done with news. Let's start to Dylan for questions. Yeah. Oh, man. Man, next week. Beep-boop, beep-boop, next week. Beep-boop, beep-boop. Uh, Prime fan wants to know, what are your thoughts on Hogwarts Legacy? Um, none of you have played it yet, I assume? No. Nope. I have. I know some people that are playing nope. it, I guess. Playing on it. Yeah, I, I was... Uh, I guess just to tell you my my thoughts on Hogwarts Legacy, I was very happy to hear that as of today, um, a cracker was very very close to cracking the. Uh, we don't use that word anymore, Cliff. They're called <laughs> white people. Um. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, a a a person of. I'm not sure how cracking to, ability. Yeah, cracking ability. A person with the ability to crack. Um, is very close to cracking the de novo uh, DRM on Hogwarts Legacy. So the the uh, like day zero version of that game will probably be available on pirate ships everywhere very very soon. The interesting thing is, and I don't I don't remember what her name is, Emeralda Esmeralda, something like that. The the one cracker who like can crack uh, de novo games is also a complete turf. Um, but apparently she hates like de novo stuff so much that she's like still cracking it. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Like it's uh, the friend of your enemy of your enemy is let, your let them fight. friend. I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, my, I think the thing that is interesting about Hogwarts legacy is the longer it comes out, like the more problematic becomes. Like, I think we can already say that JK Rowling is a giant piece of shit. Uh, and continues to be so. Um, they announced today that she's going to have a seven-part podcast where she tells you how everything you think you know about her is wrong. Uh, it's called the, like the J.K. Rowling. I'm not turning witch into hunt. a corn cob. <laughs> God. Um, but anyway, like you know, so the game already has that problem. On top of one of the developers was a gamer gator. He had to leave. And then after the game came out, they they announced that one of the guys who did 12 voices on it is uh what's his name? I had it I had it open somewhere. Uh his, his name, name is Willis Greg Ellis. Ellis. He is a like also a turf, but also uh like uh, is a, a guy who doesn't believe that uh, you should believe women when they say they've been physically abused. He believes that all women lie about it. Um, and in those kind of same areas was also committed because he was, uh, his wife had a restraining order against him and the police thought he was a danger to himself and others. So 
top quality. Um, but the good news is, is J.K. Rowling thanked him personally on Twitter for his hard work in the video game. Um, and like, you know, finally, I'm, I'm just going to say like, when, when they named, there, there is a trans character <laughs> in in this game. And I'm, I, I had it open, but I'm actually going to search for it because it's so bad. Trans character name in Hogwarts Legacy. Are you telling me that the mind of Cho Chang is... Her, the, the trans character's name is Serona Ryan and I think it's like just like they couldn't have named her like used to be a boy. Um, it's it's just bad. It's Amanda used to be, Cliff. Right. I don't know. Uh, like, so Man Socks, friend of the show and, and sometimes guest host, posted something in our in our Discord right before we started recording that said, Hardcore Perry Fodder. Perry Fodder? Hardcore mm-hmm. Harry Potter fans only now becoming, now coming to terms with Rowling's predilection to side with bullies may find themselves wondering, how could the author who invented an exclusive school for quasi-aristocratic magical, magical ubermensch living off invisible slave labor turn out to be so reactionary? <laughs> um, also, the game is probably at least passingly anti-Semitic. Um, more so than the fact that just the goblin character is the bad guy. Goblins guys. themselves. Are. <laughs> um, if you don't want to know how that game ends, you should stay off the internet. Um, there, there are a lot of people that are greatly enjoying giving away the ending. So, but if it makes you feel better, the ending sounds really, really dumb. <laughs> so that's that's my thoughts on Hogwarts Legacy. I look forward to trying it just because I'm interested in. I'm very I, curious I, in who's if, who's right on it. If uh, you have to like play it, if I don't know, there's some like I need to play. Someone's this got a game. gun to your head. Play Harry Potter. Yeah, just buy it used. Yeah. Like every every GameStop is going to have a ton of these used. Like next week, just buy it, probably buy it, buy yeah. it used. Yeah. That's, I mean, I would guess that within the first week yeah. they had used copies because they always do somehow. I'm very curious or pirate it to see like. like I want to play it at this point. Like I've heard that it's like Harry Potter meets destiny, which I don't know. Sounds all right. But I'm, I'm very curious about where the reviews are actually right. Cause this game's got like an 85 on Metacritic right now, which is pretty good. Um, I don't know how Wired's one out of 10 review affects that. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite. Review. But like IGN gave it a nine. So, but I can't decide if it's just like, People that love Harry Potter, love Harry Potter, like just are finally excited they get to play a Harry Potter video game um, and like are looking past, I mean, all of that stuff. But plus also a game that I've heard is just kind of eh. Um, like there's there's only like 10 magic spells in it. Like it doesn't look terrific, to be honest. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm interested to see. I can't imagine I will beat it because the the story sounds terrible. But <sighs> do what you're gonna do. It, it sounds fine. Uh, next question. Our deacon wants to know what your favorite. That's not, I almost read that very wrong. Almost read that very wrong. What is your favorite game to play with your significant other? So you're playing. You're playing. Uh, you're playing uh, wild. Outer Wilds, Outer Wilds, Wilds with with your wife right now. How how is she doing with that? 
Uh, she seems interested in it, but it might just be to, you know, humor me. I'm not sure. <laughs> My wife's staring at me right now. I think she's... She, is it Poad? Oh, I was going to say Stardew. Yeah, that's fun too. I mean, it's more endless, I suppose, which is kind of nice. Yeah. But I really like Poad. Okay. Um, I don't know if any of you could hear her because she's Poad. not very close to this mic. But uh, have you have you played any other games with your wife, Cole? Uh, she watched me play. Um, what is what is the coming home one? What's it called? Coming home one where you you come home to oh, the, like walking to yeah god that game's good. Um, is that gone home? <laughs> gone home. We were yeah, close. I like it has home in it. And uh, what remains of Edith Finch? Nice. Those are the three games that she's watched me play. Did she so. also think that Gone Home was going to be a horror game? Uh, no, I know because I think I told her that it wasn't, wasn't because sure. I think it worried her that it was <laughs> it worried me that it was while I was playing it. Uh, as you, as you may or may not have heard Brooke say, uh, we play, we played a game called Pode together. It's, uh, it's on the switch. It's probably on other places now. Um, one of you plays, uh, like a, a star. And I mean, like by that, I mean like an anthropomorphic star. And one of you plays a rock and uh, you're you fall in love, and, and you have to try and work your way through a bunch of levels in order to uh, like find a place where you can you know live together. Um, if you, if you've ever seen um, Ever After, the Drew Barrymore movie, like one of the quotes from that is, uh, "A bird may love a fish, but where would they live?" And Poe actually answers that question. Um, it's very good. Like a lot of cooperative things you have to do together. It's really fun. Um, we also played a lot of Stardew Valley together and really enjoyed that. So those are good. What about, what about you, Dylan? What is, what do you and your wife play together? I don't know if we often play, um, any game together that much, at least recently. Um, like, so I'm, I I can't think of one recently. Um, like along the way, we had there's been a like a, like a lot of Switch games that we like couch co-op kind of games that we yeah played. like that's fun, yeah. but not not recently have I have we like picked up and played one um, that much. Does she tabletop with you? Sometimes, yeah. Um, <coughs> Um, there's a few games that yeah we enjoy to play. Um, nice. Have you played Wingspan? Like I know that no, is I've just heard, out of left field. I'm gonna buy that. Yeah, I've I've almost picked it up a few times, but I have so many games anyway. Even though I yeah. I've heard it's very good, um, uh, and it's just I, beautiful the game. Yeah, Wingspan is on sale for ten dollars on Xbox, and I'm gonna purchase it. Oh nice! I almost bought you the the board game version of it. I actually bought it for I almost bought it for your kid, but then I found out that it's like. For ages like fourteen and up, and it didn't seem quite her speed yet. So, um, yeah, I like my dream is to have two TVs in my living room and two Xboxes, so you can just always play together. But that is not my wife's dream. So <laughs> we'll continue to dream. Uh, second question is: What is your what is the worst Valentine's Day gift you've ever given or received? Have you ever given or received a terrible Valentine's Day gift? I don't think so. I don't think I have either. Really? Yeah. Um, I mean, like, maybe I should ask my wife if if I've ever given a terrible Valentine's Day gift. Um, Colby, have you ever given given a terrible one? Has anyone ever given you a rock? 
No. Um, I mean, I usually I just end suckered. up with the typical Valentine's gifts, like some chocolates or something. So it's yeah. never bad. I might know yeah. that. I was going to say I suckered dad into buying me a CD when I was like 11, but then I realized that was Easter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got green jelly. By, but it's probably green jello back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The uh, serial killer for for Easter. Man, that is a. But I thought that was thought that was uh, Valentine's, Valentine's Day, Day for a minute. But yeah, I don't think I've ever gotten a like bad gift for Valentine's. Day. I've barely gotten gifts, gifts for, for Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day so. Yeah, someone should be buying me chocolate. That's what I say. Uh, all right, cheap free games. Epic Games this week has War Pips which is the ultimate quick-to-learn but amazingly deep tug-of-war strategy game. It actually looks really fun uh, to play the right composition of soldiers, tanks, helicopters, and planes in this tight, streamlined, strategy-focused war game. Looks good. Like It's actually one that I might try out. Uh, game Pass is getting... Uh, some of these are a little bit of a throwback, I guess. I don't know why I included it, but that's fine. Uh, Madden NFL 23 came out um, almost a week ago on the 9th. SD Gundam Battle Alliance came out on Cloud Console and PC February 9th. Uh, Valentine's Day, we got Mountain Blade 2 Bannerlord Cloud Console and PC. And today, the 15th, is City Skylines Remastered uh, for Cloud uh, and Xbox Series X. Uh, I think that's... There already was a console edition of that, so I don't really know. And it was already on Game Pass, I think. So I don't really know why this one's different. I guess maybe it just looks better. Um, if you're into building cities, City Skylines is very good, though. Um, but very... I, I want, like, City Skylines easy mode because I don't have any, like, interest in laying down, like electricity and like that's part of that is like you have to lay down the power grid you have to lay down the water grid i just want to build cool cities which is always a bit of a bummer but cool game uh shadow warrior 3 definitive edition comes out february 16th so that's tomorrow cloud council on pc and atomic heart cloud council on pc february 21st atomic hearts uh like kind of the first triple a probably release of game pass this year it looks really good i'm trying to think of good it, it's set in russia right yeah, uh, look, yeah, looks interesting. So that's cool. Uh, Nintendo Switch is getting um, uh, Game Boy games. Yeah, Game Boy Woo! games. So Game Boy game and Game Boy Advance games. So if you have a Nintendo Switch online subscription, have, yes. Have you ever wanted to play Alone in the Dark on the Game Boy? Well, now you can. I sure haven't. <laughs> so at launch, you'll get Tetris, Super Mario Land Two, Six Golden Coins, Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening, DX, Gargoyles Quest game, and Watch Gallery Three. Uh, Alone in the Dark, The New Nightmare, Metroid 2, Return of... How do you say her name? Samus? Seamus? Samus. Samus? Samus? Samus. I don't know. The Metroid Lady. Wario Land 3 and Kirby's Dreamland. So that's that's exciting. Oh, those are just the Game Boy games. You also get uh, the Game Boy Advance games. Super Mario Advance 4. Yes, Colby. If you have the expansion pack. What? You have to buy the expansion pack, which is the like the extra. Um, oh, um, thing. oh, okay. So, the, like, so you if you just have regular Nintendo Online, games. you get the Game Boy games. Uh huh. Oh, that's nice. And if you yeah. So if you have the the pack or pass, yeah, the one where you get called. like Nintendo sixty four games. Oh, mm-hmm. cool. Well, that way you'll get uh, Super Mario Advance Four, Super Mario Bros Three, Wario Where Inc, Mega Micro Games, Kuru Kuru Kurian. Uh, Mario Kart Super Circuit, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, and The Legend of Zelda, the Minish, Minin, Minish Cap? Um, Minish. Minish Cap. 
I I've never heard of like eighty percent of those games, <laughs> but that's fine. Uh, other welcome to Nintendo Online, right? Cliff. Yeah, it's it's rough. Uh, the other big bundle this week is the Trans Witches Are Witches bundle over on Itchio. That is twenty five dollars, and you get four hundred dollars, I believe, worth of games and uh, like. Uh, zines and music and kind of all that stuff you always get with uh, uh, bundles on itch. It's just a a mess of interesting and weird things. So if that's kind of your thing, you can support that over there. There is a, like, I can't afford that much uh, for games. There's a $10 version of it that's like $10 and get $350 worth. But I think if you can afford the the $25, that's probably the way to go. It is, as they say... uh, $60 $60 or one AAA wizard games. Uh, so that's over on itch. I'll put that in the show notes. Uh, I think that's it. We're done. Yay. Podcast. Woo. And like Dylan has to leave in one minute. So we got to hurry because Dylan's got to talk. We are Bite Me Podcast. You can find out more about us at bitemepodcast.com. You can follow us on social media at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, slash Bite Me Podcast. You can join our Discord at Discord uh, X. Blah, blah, blah. I'm hurrying too fast. Bitemepodcast.com slash Discord. Join our Extra Life team at bitemepodcast.com slash Extra Life. Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash Bite Me Podcast. Dylan, bite me. Oh, we did it. Time. Bite me.